Welcome to episode seven of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of entrepreneurship and business. I'm Greg Davis. And I am Jared Dobb. And we are ready to get rolling here. Hey, man. Back in at it again. Episode oh, seven. <laughs> yeah. Almost double digits. Yeah. Uh, man, seven weeks. Been at it for seven weeks. Oh, a little more than that, because we, you know, the conversations and planning and all that stuff took a couple weeks, but... I'm I think we're exaggerating saying we planned for a couple of weeks. We kind of don't tell him that. Like, don't tell him the truth. Hey, let's. <laughs> hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to start? Yeah, sure. We'll figure this out. Yeah, and then it was kind of like, all right, let's get rolling. What's the name? What's the logo? Yeah. You know. I don't know. I, I I think we did pretty good. And I I know you got some comments, and I got some comments as well. That just in the last six episodes that we have live. The audio quality has increased. And yeah, I got a shiny new mic. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. I mean, I'm still using my Rode mic, but I think that very soon I should get a uh, a mic set up like yours because then it kind of clears up my desk a little bit too. Yeah, it's nice having. I got the whole arm with the with a pop filter, and it looks pretty legit. So when are you that's gonna... half the battle is looking legit. Yeah, well, especially on a podcast. You know, right. the, the biggest, most important point. So for any of you listening, if you're going to start a podcast, you have to look good while you're doing it. Right. Honestly, I think you should start releasing some videos. We should have a split video, you know, your your audio, my audio, post on YouTube, whole nine yards. Well, I, and actually, I was looking. Uh, Skype has um, has some new program out. I think it's kind of in beta right now, but uh, if you're a podcaster, you can use it, and it's supposed to, you know, you can do video, um, and it helps with the audio recording and, and stuff like that. But I don't know it's, it's it's something I like to try. I wonder if it, I I kind of wonder if maybe our conversation would be maybe more fluid or something if we could actually look in deep into each other's eyes instead of just our voices. I don't now know. the secret's out there. Now you're, everybody knows you're not sitting in the same office as me. <laughs> well, blew our cover <laughs> oh man yeah yeah I, I, I don't drive the five hours I'll, I'll have to be there eight eight thirty in the morning every week to you know we could start that though sit there we with could, you you know one week you drive to me the next week i drive to you there you go well i would like at some point which next month in january we're going to be staying together at shot show yeah so i'm kind of looking forward to being able to uh you know do a do a podcast there together um, and we're also each going to have, you're, you're going to be a business partner and I'm going to, I'm going to have Dusty with me. So maybe we can, you know, we can kind of throw them into it also. And so it'll be fun. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to how to doing that. Yeah. That's coming up quick, man. Ethan and I were just talking about that. It's going to hit us so fast here in, in January. And I always feel like the shows creep up on you. You feel like you're planned out and you have everything scoped out, but then all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's the week of, and now I've got to fly out to Vegas and do all this crazy stuff. Yeah. But I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, really, most people start to plan for SHOT Show like in the summer. You know, it just, and I think it's a smart way to do it because once the fall comes, you got, it's just insane. And the last thing I'm thinking about is planning a, you know, plans for for a shot show in January when I'm trying to get ready for, you know, for for Black Friday and shopping season and and wrapping up the year and all that stuff. So it's uh, I think I'm pretty much ready. I, I got our place booked, uh, and I've got um, I've got a couple. I've been trying to kind of. Uh, talk to some of my friends in the biz and see if there's any events they can get me into because I don't really personally get invited to a lot of things, but I seem to find my way into them. It so, always helps to know people. That's yeah. a big deal. It's not I what have, you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple. Yeah, there's some people that I'm going to be meeting up with at Shot that I'm excited about. Even stuff not business-related. It's always just cool to see our friends in the industry and and have some conversations. And I, I know that one of the 
one of the big topics on my brain always is, you know, as I'm meeting up with these people is how, as business owners, as people that are, you know, kind of in the, although we're not definitely not the largest companies and we're not the most well-known companies in the gun industry, we are on the front line of that. And so some of the topics that I'm interested in talking to people about is some of the movers and shakers in the gun industry that are more aligned with my viewpoint of gun rights and, and where we're at as an industry and seeing what we can do to further um, the rights and the message, you know, that, so I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to talk to some people about that and see what, what kind of an impact we can all have. Cause at the end of the day, we all have more of an impact than we would give ourselves credit to. Yeah. And I think, I feel like that's, that's a conversation that, that should be had in a, in some kind of larger venue at an event like that, you know? Right. And it might be, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of, of kind of side, um, not side shows, but, uh, you know, side events, stuff like that, where you can go to and there's people that, that speak about different things. And, and, uh, I, I usually don't look too close at those, but I feel like there, there might be something like that. Yeah. And I mean, there's, to. there's a lot of, not that age matters, but there's a lot of younger companies, a lot of younger folks that are, up and coming movers and shakers in the industry and that'll be the next essentially the next generation taking the reins over um, the social media end of things in the gun industry and all that and a lot of us have a different mindset i think than than more of a traditional just hunting and sports shooting and you know things like that so there's there's a different voice that's kind of brewing and it's refreshing to see more and more people on the same page yeah, I do wonder because there's, um, there's the next hallway, which I think I just started doing a couple of years ago. Um, it's all week, and it's up like on the third floor or something like that. And it's, it's, it's geared more for newer companies and newer products to, um, to get a. It's a pretty small booth, but it's a pretty fair price for what, you know, for what Shot Show costs. Um, and I think also kind of the idea of that is you need to get some seniority before you're, uh, you know, before you can have a booth on, on the main floor. Um, and so there's a the next hallway and then, uh, we are actually going to be, they're doing, I think it's like pop-up preview. They're calling it. It's just one day it's on Wednesday and, um, it's kind of the same idea where it's it's for newer companies and 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 to see new products and stuff but uh you know i i I enjoyed walking around that next hallway last year and just seeing who's up there um and seeing what kind of new ideas and new products are coming out because because really like you said that i i feel like that stuff is going you know some of that stuff could potentially be be the next big big thing that comes and and makes an impact on on the industry and stuff. And, uh, you know, not that anybody on the main floor is going to get phased out, but I think just adding new things in uh, is going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. So what else is new in your world, Greg? What do you got going on this week? Um, what do I got for this week? Um, back back on the CNC machine, I'm making, uh, making Neomag plates. I'm hoping to finish up what I've got in the next day or two here so i can drop off plates of black nitride before the end of the week and you know try to get on on their schedule before uh you know, before the holidays hit and they get too swamped um you know dusty's been been busy uh just building product and trying to keep up with you know we've we've been trying to keep up with just the continued sales that you know that, that happened i'm i'm expecting to start seeing it taper off a little bit this week because I think today's going to be about the last day that people can order something and get it in time for Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we, just... We've been having issues with, man, I've been, you've been getting emails left and right from people that ordered multiple shipment or multiple items in their order. And even though we all shipped everything out at the same time, it, it, some stuff's showing up a day or two days 
you know, later. And there's nothing you can do about it, but the, the carriers are swamped and they've got an overload of, of packages. And so it's kind of a headache, but I've been responding to a, not that the customers are a headache, but the fact that the, the carriers are, you know, some packages are showing up two or three days later after right. the initial package is showing up. So it's always well, a, it's, kind of hectic when that happens. Yeah. Well, and some people don't understand that once it gets picked up by the carrier, I have absolutely no control over it. You know, right. I get, I get angry calls and emails from people angry at me for why the package isn't there in time. And all I can do is apologize and explain to them. I'm not the one that's taking it to their house. Uh, but yeah, it, and even on, you know, when, you know, I've been getting asked lately if, if their, if their product's going to get there in time, um, I say it should, but I also know that USPS is is swamped and things can get delayed. And um, I think even my buddy was telling me, um, I think UPS, you know, at least they're honest. They're like, uh, we can't uh, our uh, our normal guaranteed delivery dates are are you know we're not getting we're not guaranteeing that right now. Uh, right. I, I guess their, their warehouses are just are just flooded. So, oh man, I bet you they they probably have ten times the amount of packages that are normally flowing. Maybe even more. I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers around it. Yeah, I know that this time of year is nuts. People are buying things like crazy, and especially as it gets down to crunch time for Christmas, people are trying to get those last minute gifts, paying extra for shipping, and it's yeah. I mean, this is the first year, and probably because we've grown a lot over the last year and our order volumes going up like crazy but maybe that's why i'm seeing it more and more and more is because you know people recognize the brand and there's a lot more people going out and actually buying three four five six targets at a time and you know that's just kind of compounding the occurrence of packages showing up way late (laughs) yeah but yeah and you know on our end, kind of with what you said, we started stocking up. You know, we're forecasting throughout the first quarter of 2019. And anyone following our social media page over on TA Targets, you're seeing lots of larger production runs happening. And that's something that we've, you know, begun implementing heading into 2019. And it, I mean, it's it's a balance as the company's grown and as we've, you know, had more orders coming in and and more demand we're balancing that production capacity so that we can gain efficiency in our processes so it's it's good i mean a lot of those are going to go out to orders but at the same time we're restocking a lot of our target systems that we've kind of been scrambling to keep up on throughout the last couple months yeah that brings its own challenges but our paint room just the other day had there's either 220 or 240 target plates in one batch coming out. And, you know, it's become fairly common that we do big runs like that. But the the hard part is trying to forecast all of that into 2019 and see what we're going to need over the next couple months. And it's always kind of, I mean, we know what sells the best, but trying to figure out exactly how much to stock and, and what product stock because as soon as you think you you know there the curveballs thrown and someone orders a pile of some product that you stocked less right. of yep and one thing i always i've always done um is right at the end of the year i will i'll, I'll reorder stock on just about everything I'll, I'll place big orders right at the end of the year for everything one because i have the cash flow right now and come tax season or you know, come January, you you kind of start all over again. Um, yep. So I'd rather, I'd rather reorder now and and not have to, and you know, and not pay tax on it, uh, you know, on the income. So I'm 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 trying to make time to sit down here um, next couple of days and try to figure out what all I need to I need to place place orders for, because it's kind of nice to get you know, could and then in January you you start getting 
getting stuff starts, you know, some of your product starts rolling in and, uh, and it's just cash flow that's already been, been spent in, in 2018 and then it turns into income in 2019. So yeah. And it's something I'm going to try to do. It's awesome. And it can also, I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but for me, sometimes it can be stressful because, you know, it, I mean, it, it is important to have the inventory. There's a balance there. If you tie up too much cash and in inventory, you know, there's other things you're going to have to give up. And yeah. especially as a small business, it's, it's easy to think that a, a small company or any company, and I don't know, maybe most people don't look at it this way, but. I think it's easy for people to think that the company can just, you know, snap their fingers and they have a thousand of every product on hand. But for every product you commit into production and you finish and you package and you do all that stuff, you've put the manpower in, which is overhead. You've put the cost of the material in and all of that is cash in the company that's just tied up. So you have to move the product. Yep. So it can be stressful, but it is nice. You know, this this time of year, I really like when we're running the larger batches and you, you see the paint room full of product and it's organized and it's planned out. It, it's not a reactionary, you know, production run where, oh, crap, we're out of product. We need to, you know, quick get this through the process. This is a planned out, and, and it's much more efficient this way. You see better margins on products when you do it like that. Yeah, for sure. So what do you guys do for, um, you know, for like keeping record of of where products at and, and on the assembly line and what's what's out there? You know, what do you guys do for you know, for keeping track of all that stuff? Like ours a program you guys use or fairly yeah. So ours is fairly straightforward. I mean, it's it's kind of complex in some aspects because we have a lot of different target systems, but for diehard followers of what we've you know following our pages over the last couple of years, you've kind of noticed that we've actually eliminated certain targets out of the lineup and then made additions to other targets that filled that void. So we're, we're kind of refining our, our lineup. So that's helped a lot, but we do have a lot of different pieces and a lot of components. And essentially we'll put the order into the shop, the work order that we're going to build whatever 200 bases and we have a fairly efficient setup where you know lee our the main fabricator can crank them out fast and follow them right into paint so it, it there isn't a lot of time spent during the process once they're painted we actually i mean we have our inventory tracking system and all the components that go into each piece say a base it has one tube that's tapped for three eighth inch thumb screws. We've got the rings that we have fabricated. We have the front tubes. So all the components are tracked. And then our inventory. What program do you use to, to track that? We're trying this program right now. It's called Finale. And so far it's been working pretty good. There's definitely some little things that we're working through with the company. Trying to work on refresh rates and things. So as far as, so we have our website. And from the website, the orders come through, and then they go right into ShipStation. And ShipStation is the program we're currently using that handles all of our shipping needs. Yeah, we use that and, too. And ShipStation communicates with accounting, or I should say, Big Commerce communicates with accounting in our bank accounts. ShipStation and Big Commerce are communicating with Finale and tracking inventory. So essentially, we have unfabricated products, which would be components and pieces. We have finished fabricated products in Finale, and it knows to pull all the different components, the hardware and everything. And when it sees the order come from Big Commerce to ShipStation, it claims the product in Finale. And so it, we might have a 1,000 bolts on hand, but because we have, whatever, 20 bases with target systems on order, it'll tell you how many are committed. And it, it's really legit. It was an investment. It was a huge time investment for us over the last month. But it's one of those things that as we're moving forward, you know, not that we weren't a legitimate business before, but we're legitimizing the process of how TA Targets works. Right. So I know that was a mouthful, but that's no, that's pretty cool stuff for me. I, that's something I'll be honest. Our, uh, 
our our tracking is a uh, it just because we have I feel like we 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 almost build product as it's needed as it's ordered. Now we have we have bins that we keep filled up for just our our day to day orders. But when we get like dealer orders and stuff, we we pretty much just build the order. Um, so we we don't really have a whole lot of built and packaged product to keep inventory on. It's mostly parts on the shelves, right? Yeah. And and so, um, kind of what 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 we've done is is we'll put like I don't know two hundred fifty parts in a box you know, for each different part. And then we'll, and then we'll just put those boxes on the shelf. So I can, I can look at the shelf and see, okay, I have six boxes. And when I, and I just kind of know when we get down to three, I need to place a reorder. So it's, it's, it's kind of hillbilly like that where, um, it, I can just look over and see product and I just kind of know when I need to, to place orders for things, which, um, got some trouble a couple of times where I just wasn't paying attention or, um, I looked over and I thought that there was six boxes, but, oh, there's actually only four and yeah, um, <laughs> it always happens though, at some point. Yeah. You know? I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out you know, how to keep track of, and I guess what I need to look into some of these programs and see, you know, see what they can do for us and see if it's, you know, see if it's worth it. And, and, you know, ultimately, the program's nice. It definitely hinges on your team putting in the proper information. Right. Finale's yeah, awesome. If, but if, if, if you don't Mark, feed the program, the program right, doesn't do anything. Yeah. Quite. So it, you can't, it, you're never eliminating the human aspect from it, and errors are going to happen. But I will say, because we have such a large lineup of products, having some kind of a system that we can – you know, the next step is actually barcode scanners right. and um, moving into full software solutions for our company that are tying in all the accounting and, and HR stuff, um, payroll, inventory, time tracking. All of that essentially is where we're, we're framing. And we're doing it one step at a time because it's like that with everything in the small company. It would be really nice to have the funding to be able to dive head in and just you know, implement all this stuff as you go. But honestly, I enjoy the learning curve too. The struggle's real, but we're learning so much and implementing so many different changes for the company that are just moving us forward. Yeah. But that's one of the, one of the highlights of 2018 is that inventory. When I know that some, you know, some of these programs will even uh, automatically, like you can set a, you can set a reorder threshold. Oh yeah, we have that. and it'll automatically send a PO to the company, you know, for the reorder, and yep. it's just all that stuff's automated. You know that, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, we have the ability to do that. And as of right now, we've just been breaking out POs manually, right. uh, kind of out of lack of trust. I'll say it's like it's like you know when you have a new friend and you just met, you're not going to necessarily trust them with your life. We right. definitely don't trust this inventory tracking system with our life at this point. So Ethan, and I think I mentioned this in a previous, maybe I didn't, I don't know. But Ethan moved into a full-time now with me managing the production. And so he's been, hand, he took all that off my plate, whereas I had been tracking all that stuff myself manually on, on no, literally note papers up until two months ago. Mark would hand me note papers every week and we would, he would tell me this is how many top brackets I have. And it was literally three or four pages just handwritten of this is what I have. Here's my components. And it was just such a time waste. And yeah, this has been great so far. There's definitely hiccups, but I'm very pleased so far. That's pretty neat. Well, to, I, I might be asking more questions about that. I'm going to look into that a little bit and, and see what's, just kind of see what's involved with that. Um, yeah, so the other just kind of other stuff this week. It's I was telling you, my youngest daughter came down sick uh, over the weekend, and so um, she's been staying home from school. And yesterday, <clears throat> uh, my wife 
stayed home from from work. She's a teacher, and she stayed home with her. And today she needed to go back, so now she's at home with me, which is one of the awesome things about being able to work for myself. And frankly, I I, I pretty much work out of the, work out of the house. Um, she can stay with me, and we go out to the shop. I got a little couch in the shop. She can go and crash out there, and so that's one of the nice things. We don't have to try to scramble and find it in a babysitter yeah and stuff but uh but at the same time it also throws a wrench in my schedule because it's been like a month since we've been to the range and we really need to get there and and create some content for the new product coming out and so i had to make a couple calls and, and cancel i had a guy that was going to meet us out there that's a photographer and a videographer i had to cancel him and and kind of change my schedule and 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 she might be home tomorrow too. I don't know, so I can't even really make make plans for tomorrow. So um, that's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to take care of my daughter. I'm not, uh, I'm not complaining about that. But at the same time, it it's throwing a little bit of a wrench in the in the plans for this week. Yeah, it's cool though that you you work in such close proximity to your house. That's awesome. I was just telling you, one of the. One of the frustrations is the shop is so far away from my house. I have about a thirty, little more than thirty minute drive, which is nice sometimes having the commute. Right. But you know, I've I've been debating: do I want to stay home in the Saracote shop where it's really quiet and there's no no machine noises or anything else, just to record our podcasts? But then I feel like I shoot half my day out, you know, in the morning because I'm not as productive out in the Saracote shop as I am here. I don't have my office phone. I mean, I do have my email and everything out there and internet, but it's a balance. Yeah. So how's your week looking? Good so far, man. I I mean, things started to die off a little bit with, um, you know, coming out of Black Friday. It's this time of year. I had a couple, um, not a couple, I had a pile of orders come in that are last minute. You know, the same thing you said where people are, you know, shooting emails right after they order saying, Hey, you think it's going to get here by Christmas? And you know, we have a, a really fast turnaround time at TA targets. And, and usually stuff goes out between one to two days. So a lot of it goes out same day when it comes in and we've maintained that almost always the only exception being super high volume times of the year. And, you know, I, I, I know that people are doing some last minute shopping and, it definitely kind of puts a little pressure on us because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to take care of them and make sure stuff gets out. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, the biggest the biggest thing for us right now is just closing out the year. So there's a lot of budget meetings. There's a lot of discussion, you know, hammering down prices. As we, you know, any company that sells a product, you're constantly monitoring what your raw materials look like. And so we're just reevaluating everything, looking at where all the margins are at. And again, coupling that with our goals, which is a lot of the conversation right now is what's, what's the goal for TA targets for 2019. And then looking at the numbers and then forecasting that forward. And you, you know, we recognize that we, we don't control economic conditions or, or things like that, but, you definitely have to have some kind of a map heading into the next year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I, and this is actually another podcast topic that I, I thought about. I, I kind of want to wait until you know, maybe till January to I really kind of dig into this more. But um, I was just talking about like a roadmap and coming up with a plan for the year. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's something I want to sit down and I really try to kind of plan out for myself, and also I want to pull Dusty into it and and get his input and uh, and kind of see what you know, see what we see, see how we see next year going, and and kind of what our goals are are for it. I got a couple, I already kind of have a couple of things planned out where um, where I want to go and I visit some people and and uh, you, know, you know do some shooting with them and you know, make some content with them and stuff. And I, I like to do a little, a little more traveling next year. Um, we're not necessarily, not necessarily more, but go different places next year. Um, so 
yeah, there's definitely definitely kind of need some kind of roadmap. If if you don't if you don't plan out something, then you're and you're just kind of going day to day. I I I got to think it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to grow. It's going to be hard to to push forward if you're constantly looking down at what you're doing. Yeah, and you're never going to be efficient at the the game plan. You you might grow, but you know, I look back at 2015 to 2016 and just looking at how we were hitting the ground running and trying to get things started and and you just it's just funny to look back at how little was planned versus now how we look at things yeah but again it's that it's those growing pains it's that growth curve especially if it's your first time jumping into business there's a lot of those times that I look back on that although now I know okay we could have done this way better it's cool to look back and the fact that all of the emotion tied up into that and the frustration and then finally figuring it out and you know feeling really good about that and looking back it's cool there's a lot I've, of mixed emotions there though yeah not for sure i i had found a uh this this kind of diagram uh, before and bit and it, it was kind of like a pyramid type of thing and at the top of the pyramid you had your goal you, you, your end plan and and from there it kind of spread out of each of the things that you need to accomplish to get to that point and uh and that was super helpful at first and it, frankly something I need to dig up and and do again because it, it really gave me a, a roadmap of of what needs to happen in order for that, for that goal to happen. And I did that for, you know, for some small things, you know, like, okay, I want to be able to offer an extended pocket clip for the Neomag. Well, right now I'm, I feel like I'm at capacity with trying to keep up with things with the regular clip. I can't even imagine bringing on, you know, and doubling my SKUs and, and stuff. So I I made a roadmap for that, and you know that seemed fairly small, but you know, but it really did help uh, get to that point. And then and then you know I for I, I had a couple of years I, re- I really wanted to be able to offer a black pocket clip. And okay, what you know, what do I need to do to get to that point? And and then all the way to I want to have a CNC machine. Okay, what needs to happen for that? And, and that was a big one because, you know, because I needed, I needed a bigger space, and you know, so that required a move or a build, and I needed, you know, I didn't have any more time, so I needed to hire somebody to, you know, to help with things. So there was, you know, there were some big, big steps for that one. And I think being able for me to, to see on a piece of paper and be able to check things off and uh and aim for those smaller goals so that you can get to the bigger goal and you know that's really what helped me out a lot so i need to kind of you know because i do have some i have some big lofty goals and i have some uh some smaller easy attainable goals but i need to sit down and and kind of create a roadmap for those things yeah and it's it's easy to I don't know if we touched on this previously, but it's so easy to get overwhelmed too. And I, I've said this to other people, you know, I I look at, okay, I'm going to be pushing this company forward um, with the team over who knows how many years, you know, is it 10, 20, 30 years? Just looking at those numbers and thinking, okay, I'm 27 now and I'm going to be doing this for another 20 years or 25 years or whatever the number ends up being that that alone can be daunting just thinking just looking at the last three to four years of how much we've had to innovate and change and research and hustle and and lose and win and it can be really daunting so yeah that that's the one thing that i would probably tell myself if i could go back in time is just make that plan and have at least something mapped out so that you have digestible steps to go from point A to point Z or wherever you're going. Right. Absolutely. 
but that's always part of the conversation. And that's where we're at right now. And it ties in really well with what we're talking about. And just, I don't know, man, 2019 is going to be cool. There's a lot of decisions we're making right now and I'm really excited about it, but there's definitely going to be some visible changes to TA targets that people are going to see from the outside looking in. Things will be a little more refined and that comes back to what you were talking about, you know, getting people on board. You know, you got Dusty on board to fill in that void so you could be freed up to work with the CNC machine. As we've built out our team more and more going into 2018, that's just given me, you know, every month that we're making these changes and then kind of revisiting what everybody's roles and responsibilities are on the team. It's freeing me up more to do the content creation and then to actually create what people see on social media as the vision of TA targets. And that's one of the areas I'm really pumped up about going into 2019 because I think people are going to even further see what we're about and then join us on that journey um, of, you know, obviously putting really good target systems out into the market, but then also becoming part of what our movement is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, I'd like to, like I said, I'd like to sit down and do a podcast and it might be a long one, but, or a two-parter, but I'd, I'd love to, love to kind of talk more about, about that stuff and just kind of what, you know, some of our goals and aspirations are and, and even, I, I'd even like to talk about what, what, uh, you know, what was our failures in, in 2018 that'd be uh, a good one I, know. I, I could talk for a while on that <laughs> yeah I, I could fill a whole podcast with with failures oh man easy we could probably do a you could do a solo podcast i could do a solo podcast you could have probably two or three joint ones and still not digest everything you know what i mean it yeah you're never gonna get away from it it no it's part of it and you gotta you almost I have mean, to want it. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. I mean you got to be. That sounds really weird, definitely got to be. I definitely have to be willing to fail, and and you know taking those and taking those chances and you know I try to sit down and assess. Okay, what if if this fails? What is what am I going to lose? Versus if this if this is a success, you know, what do I gain? Is that, is that possible failure worth it? Is that something I can come back from? Is that something I can afford? Um, you know, I, I think that's, I think people probably don't necessarily put, you know, sit down and really write out, um, just the pros and cons and, and, and what's going to happen if it, success if it's if it's a success or a failure because 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 honestly it could be a huge success and you weren't ready for that success well now you're in trouble because you don't have things in place to you know know, to take care of that and and to handle that and now your success is going to be a failure you know because you weren't you know you know because you weren't prepared and that's where you know kind of that that roadmap um, that I was talking about, you know, the, the, the pyramid thing. You could, you could almost take that pyramid and then and then flip it. So, okay, now now you have this this success, and, and this goal has been achieved. Now, what do you need in place to handle that? Um, you know, so there's there's work to be done on both ends of it of that goal between preparation for making it happen and preparation for if it's if it's, if it is a success or a failure. Yeah, I feel like, not that I feel like, I know that there were decisions we made early on that we definitely didn't weigh enough. But part of that, again, is that is that learning curve as you're trying to figure out your, your market and your industry and, and how things are trending. Because it is very easy, for example, to look at something like what the big companies are doing and saying, and we've done this a lot, okay, so the big company's doing this. That must mean it works. Whereas we quickly learned that some of these big companies literally have expendable cash 
that as a small startup you don't have, and that's why they do the things that they do in some aspects. It's not always the case. I mean, definitely watching successful businesses can teach you a lot, but you always have to weigh that. And then, like you said, look at the the front and the back side of it. Okay, if it succeeds, how is it potentially going to succeed and how long do we think? Because that time frame is key. And if it fails, what does it look like? Because, I mean, if somebody throws you a possibility and it you know you only have a one percent chance of success but that success could be huge it, it may not be worth that risk if the, the backside of that is if you fail your company goes under you, know, you have to weigh all of that stuff yeah oh, definitely especially when there's people relying on you you know you don't yeah your company caves that's <laughs> it's never a good thing yeah. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's it's kind of it's I mean that's how that's that's all the business is and it especially in mitigating is is calculated chances and yeah, every decision. And, you know, and if that's if that's not your thing, that's that's great. I mean, you know, we need people with different skill sets and and personality types and if your skill set and personality type isn't uh isn't isn't that isn't isn't someone who's willing to uh to take chances if you don't like if you don't like stepping outside of that comfort of that comfort zone then then it's probably not for you but 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 i'm sure you still have a skill set that that you know a business needs so just figuring out you know how you fit into that and um it i think it's also valuable for you know for somebody who's just an not just but it, for someone who is an employee is how are you going to be a important part of that machine and an valuable part of that machine uh, I, I, that's something i I, I would ask myself when I was working for someone else is, you know, how do I make myself the, the the most valuable part of this so that, you know, so I'm, I'm an important part of this and not just, not, you know, not just a little worker bee that, that, you know, that can be replaced. Yeah. And something as we've been going into 2019 gearing up for that, and I mean, we've done this, I feel like we've been fairly good at this from the beginning, but making sure that the people under us, the people working with us on our team, um, understand the business, not just, you know, show up at work, do a task and then go home. But I think there's so much value in the fact that our team understands what goes into the costs of TA targets? Some, you know, not just monetarily, but also monetarily. It's created this ability for us to actually game plan, and it's a different dynamic because you know. And I'm not saying every company should do that, but the fact that Mark and Max and Lee have a better understanding of what goes into the overhead and you know, why we're making the decisions we're making, considering removing some products from the lineup, talking about efficiency and process, they understand the cost. And I think that's gearing us up for a really good year in 2019. And it gives them a little, not a little, but a lot more buy-in to the, the full picture of what TA Targets is. Because they are, you know, every employee is an integral part of the business. It's a critical part of the business, and they they all have a direct impact on the business as much as the business owner. And I feel like a lot of companies fall short in that area. They they don't properly convey that and then teach because ultimately, sorry, you got me on a rant now, but ultimately (laughs) the employees under the business are the, the lifeblood of it. And say you've got someone you just hired part-time or whatever they potentially would be the next manager where you should want to grow them into being the next leader 
if they have the skill set there mending them you know kind of molding them into people who understand the business enough that they can be visionaries as well and i feel like we've done that fairly well at ta targets I mean, we definitely aren't perfect but it allows us to have freer conversation about things like what are we spending money on um, what's what's actually coming in what's the budget looking like you know we we talk about a lot of that and yeah. it, it's unique that's just yeah that's interesting that's that's a that's something i think about but often is you know what you know what do they need to know and what do they not need to know right and what's too much information and what's not enough information and um I mean, any places I've worked worked at in the past, I've known very little to nothing about operational stuff, and frankly, it wasn't my didn't really have any effect on my job, so I did, probably didn't need to know. And um, but if I if I did know more about that stuff, would that have changed anything for me? I don't know. That's um. I mean, obviously, you aren't you aren't telling your whole team, you know, you know, down to the dime of what's going on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it. I think you know, usually they would tell us at the end of the year, you know, you know, if if you know what the what the overall profit was or something like that. You know, you know, they would share some stuff at the at the end of the year, I guess. But uh, but it definitely kind of. I, I guess I did appreciate knowing. At least knowing did the work that I do that year, you know, was it valuable? Did it help the company make money that year? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's definitely. Yeah, and that's a whole man. You could go in, and I'm sure we will. And we say this every time, but I. That could be a whole to- a whole topic on itself. And there is a a really good book that, if anybody listening wants to read on that topic and say you're starting out a business, maybe even have some employees. The book that I read that kind of really opened my eyes to that kind of a mindset was called The Great Game of Business. That is a really good book. There's part, I mean, it's a long book. It's going to take you some time to get through it. But if you go into it with an open mind, it's pretty legit. And he lays out a very good argument for why you should bring employees more into the picture and yes there's limitations because you can't if you start throwing numbers at somebody who has no idea what the costs are to run a business you know if you tell if you tell someone your business the revenue was two million dollars and you've never told them what overhead is what cash flow is you know what i'm saying like the actual details that means nothing to them and they're going to be like oh well that means that the business owner is walking away with two million dollars in revenue (laughs) no right that (laughs) that couldn't be farther from the truth so there's, I don't know, that book, I think, I'm just going to leave it at that. I think that book's worth reading, whether you're a business owner um, or not, doesn't matter. I think it's an interesting read. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. I, uh, I'm i a big Audible fan. I, I, I kind of always, man, I'm constantly listening to something. Like I'll be in the shower, and I'll be listening to a podcast or something, so I, uh, uh, or a book. Because I, I'll be honest, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not gonna sit down and read a book about business. It, sounds, <laughs> it is hard to find. It sounds time. awful. <laughs> um, this one's but, not too bad. It's not too bad. But I really want. Well, this is the thing. I want, I want to know it. I just don't want to. I'm not gonna get through. But I have books that that are like exciting page turners that i still haven't finished um i I want i want to be a reader i'm just not a reader but i do stand around and or or if i'm in the shop or i'm i'm in front of the cnc machine or whatever uh i can be listening to something so uh you know so that's where where i like podcasts and audible books and stuff so maybe there's something else we could we can talk about sometime is just what 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 books on business have we read or listened to that were you know, you know that, that that was valuable and that 
and that changed yeah how we run things but yeah man well uh we're kind of getting towards the end of our uh of our time here it was that good went quick I, that went really yeah, quick yeah it did <laughs> yeah we uh you know before we started the podcast we were like so what do you want to talk about and i said you know what i kind of want to just have a conversation it's going to be hard for us to have a a theme or a topic every single week and uh and I think this will give people a, a little more idea of kind of what week to week looks like for us and um you know because I think I I I know I'd like to know more about what other business owners do day to day and week to week um it just kind of gives a picture of that so hope to do this more often and just you know we can just sit down and talk about what's going on yeah Um, it's always changing sometimes i feel like it's not that interesting but then i tell people and they're like whoa and (laughs) i guess it's just a different lens but some of the craziness has become so commonplace but I, i enjoy conversations and still feel free anybody listening if you have something you want us to specifically talk about just remember to drop us that email and it's again at forging the journey at gmail.com and i'll throw this out there if you are a business owner and you have employees how do you uh, incorporate your employees and in, into the bigger picture and and how do you, um, you know, what information do you give them and what do you keep from them and just kind of what's you know what's your picture of that that look like i, I think we both like to to hear about that because we're both you know we're both new to this i've got one employee and and jared's got a few there and uh, so we're pretty new at this and uh, it would be really valuable for us to hear what's what's worked and what's not worked for you so if, if you have that and uh, information and you want to share it, yeah, you can email us at forgingthejourney at gmail.com. Sweet. Well, I guess until next week. Uh, we hope everybody has a good week. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review wherever you're finding your podcast. That would mean so much to us. And stay in touch. Leave some comments on our social media pages. And you, know, you can always send any questions or whatever over to our gmail we'll get right on it all right jared you have an awesome day you too man talk next week all right see you